In today's show, we look at Wednesday in the NBA. There were 10 games on, there were weird rotations, there were injuries, there's lots of stuff for us to talk to, Michael. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fangio.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There's no real major news to get to that's not involving the teams that are playing today. So I'm just going to go straight in and talk about the games. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right. First game was your embarrassing Chicago Bulls. Choking away a 24-point lead against the Indiana Pacers to lose their fifth consecutive game in a season where they only control their draft pick if it ends up in the top four. Good stuff. 117 Indiana, 113 Chicago. There was no DeRozan in this game, no Goran Dragic, um, no Derek Jones Jr. So they did end up starting um, Alex Caruso next to Ayo Desumu. The Rabbit Hunter's dealing with a foot injury of his own. quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. 30 minutes for Caruso, only five points. That's stock standard, but three three assists, three steals, and a block. That's why you have him. Now, they play tomorrow, the Bulls, the only team with a Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. I really don't think he's going to play. Foot strain, back-to-back. Yeah, I don't think he's out there. I also don't think DeMar DeRozan's going to play tomorrow. He didn't play today, but what that means is that we do have to look pretty closely at Kobe White. 25 points, five threes, two steals. Now, he shot 75%. That is not going to stay, but I'm more interested in the minutes and the fact that there's probably a few more shots to go around for him tomorrow. He could be a streamer. Same with Dasumu, who played 43 minutes and had 15, 4, and 5. A pretty strong game from both of those guys. As expected, Patrick Williams did nothing. He's just not very good. 11, 2, and 2 with two steals. The two steals are nice. But he shows no ability, no urgency to really step it up when players are out. He just, honestly, for where they picked him, waste of a pick. Am I, am I being too harsh? I don't think so. He's just, I don't know. He's just not very good. Sorry, back on Williams. If you did add him, just hold him for tomorrow. It's a back-to-back. Zach Williams. Zach Williams. Not Zach Williams. Zach Levine. 35, 11, and 7 with four triples. Yeah, really up the volume. And Vooch had 19 and 7, but this team is sorry. Um, I don't know. There's just some of the worst vibes you'll see. While Dale and Terry got extended minutes and, yeah, zero points with two rebounds and one assist. He's a guy that is really hard to translate across the NBA. He was an extraordinarily low-usage player in college. And not many players with that level of usage as ball handlers and guards have success in the NBA. That's what we talked about a lot with him in the pre-draft process and in the draft situation. I don't know how he really fits in the NBA or to be a fantasy guy. We'll see, though. For the Pacers, they made an interesting decision and started TJ McConnell over Andrew Nempart. And while it was wrong from Rick Carlo and wrong from me, what I said was at the time, hey, if they're going to start McConnell, you grab him. Because I know that we can. it's very easy to preach patience on so many different things. But what I would, in this situation, 
generally, someone would grab McConnell. I would think it's a smart move to do. Now, it didn't work out. Oh, well, it didn't work out. He played 21 minutes, had two points with seven assists, and Carlisle said, yeah, look, it was a terrible decision, and McConnell didn't even start the second half. But if it had have worked, and he had stuck as a starter, then you want to be the first one to grab it. That is a legitimate like top 60 upside player. You take the grabs on those guys. You go early. You don't give it three games to settle in. There is a massive chance that this stuff doesn't work. It's always the case with fantasy moves. And if that situation was to happen again with a different player who's got that level of upside and they decide to start him, I would immediately grab and then I would figure it out later. There are players that, hey, that if they start, that I won't immediately grab. If they start, if they say they're starting Chris Duarte, I'm not going to go, yeah, man, go grab Chris Duarte. Okay, let's see what happens, right? The upside's not that high. TJ, well, he's not a very good player. If they do start him, and we've seen um, Carlisle's reliance on veterans. If they were to play him 30 minutes a night next to Halliburton, well, we've already seen what happens with his numbers. They're ridiculously good. So, yes, it was wrong to add him. But I th- again, it's always about process over results. The process of adding him, I think, was correct. Aaron Neesmith had a big game. 21-7-3 with four threes, a steal, and a block. 58% shooting. I, I don't trust him for a single second. If you add him today, you know what? You've just missed his best game in the next week, so he won't do it again. And I don't want to have that on my roster. And I probably don't want to have Benedict Matherin either. 23 minutes, 14 and four, two steals, two threes. It's not a bad line at all. He just sort of hovers around that back end area, 14 team league player who occasionally sniffs his way into the top, into the 12 team zone, the top 150, but he hasn't been there most of this season. Halliburton had 16, two and eight, while Miles Turner returned from his back issue. Played 36 minutes and had 17, 9, and 3 blocks. And with Daniel Tice out, Isaiah Jackson was the backup until he left the game after 5 minutes due to illness. So we're back at square one with Isaiah Jackson, who I don't think you need to have as a 12-team league player. Nembhard played only 21 minutes, 4, 1, and 5. He's fallen off significantly. He's only like a 16-team league guy at this time, while Heald had 27 points with 6 triples. Old mate Budrick. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. With the NBA season hitting the midpoint, it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. Let's have a look at some awards. The Rookie of the Year. Paolo Boncaro is still a massive favorite. Has he been the best rookie? Probably. Should he be minus 1,000 while Matherin's plus 950, which is ludicrous. Matherin is no way being the second best rookie. I'd say it's Walker Kessler or Jalen Williams who's been the second best rookie this season, not Benedict Matherin, but we're not betting to see who comes second, are we? All these odds are available over at FanDuel. It even lets you combine your bets on FanDuel for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The second game of the day, the San Antonio Spurs against the Charlotte Hornets. Two absolute tanking teams, so just remember that. 120, Charlotte, 110, San Antonio. The big story here, well, let's go through who was out. No Vassell, no Trey Jones, no Langford. Those positions, point guard, shooting guard, shooting guard. Malachi Branham played 33 minutes and had 23, 6, and 3, a steal and a block with three triples. I really like Branham as a player. That is a fantastic line, absolutely no doubt. But A, do I trust 71% shooting? And if anyone says yes, you're lying or you're misguided. Nobody should trust that. That's really good. Where does he sort of fit in, 
right? Branham has been playing pretty strong minutes. He's 107th over the last week, including this really big performance. Is he must roster? How do you want to define must roster? Should you probably have a look at him now? Yeah. Do I have any faith of him being top 100 rest of season? Not even close to it. Not remotely close to having faith in that. I don't think that he's anywhere near it. Yes. And I said this on yesterday's show. Oh, well, they'll just shut Trey Jones down and give the young guys a look. Trey Jones is a third-year player who's played like four minutes before this season. He just never played. So he's one of the guys they want to go look at. Vassell is a third-year player in his first year as a starter. I would think they would want to get more development into him as well. Yes, Brandon will have a role, and he should start even when Langford comes back. But there's a difference between Branham starting and playing 32 minutes and being able to shoot 71% versus being a 27-minute-a-night guy with lower usage and not contributing in other areas. There is a big difference in that. So by all means, go for it. But when we're trying to look long-term on it, I don't really see it. Devontae Graham, only 22 minutes with Trey Jones out. 10 points, 4 assists. Not a bad night, but he's a dreadful shooter. We know that, 25% shooting. Not a 12-team league guy. While the goldfinger himself, it could have been a big line for Charles Bassey. He shot 20%, which is just unbelievable for a center. He had four points, 11 rebounds, and two blocks. Let's say he goes 60% there. That's four more shots. That's eight points. Could have been 12 and 11 with two blocks in 14 minutes, which honestly, I would have would have given me a massive McConnell. It would have been huge. I would add Bassey in 14 team leagues. And the guy in front of him, Zach Collins, 32 minutes, 14 and 12, five assists, two triples, must roster player. Jeremy Sohan was just like, all right. Six and five on 25%, that can come up. A steal and two blocks is good. 32 minutes is good. He probably does deserve a 12-team roster spot. Well, Bates Diop was all right. Bates Diop's a pretty good steals guy as a forward, 12 and six with two steals, but he is going to um, lose out when some of these other players return. Um, the old mate, someone said, oh man, you didn't even play Calden Johnson sound. I'll do it for you now. Whose horse is that? 21, eight and four on 30%, which is terrible, but eight of nine from the line's really strong. And of course, in true Keldon Johnson style, you got no defensive stats. For a guy that's putting up 20 points regularly, to be outside the top 125 for the season is uh, indicative of some of the other struggles that he does have. Dougie McDirt also had 17 points with five threes. Onto the Hornets. Rogier was a late scratch here, doubtful. He'll be fine after the break, I'm guessing. Cody Martin was out again. And Kelly Oubre um, remains out. There is a chance that Oubre re uh, returns after the break. I've got no idea about old mate Cody Martin, whether he's able to get back uh, into the mix there with his injury. But let's talk about Lamello. 28, 12, and 10, 39 minutes. Rough shooting, but the other stuff there is pretty strong. While the spot starter was Dennis Smith. They played him as a shooting guard, which is interesting. 10 and 5, 9 assists, 3 steals. Now, if, there was, if we're looking at this and this was a normal week, I'd say go add Smith because, you know, maybe Rogier misses a couple. But with the break coming up, I don't really see the point of that. This is good from Smith, but you literally could have Rogier, Oubre, and Martin all return after the break. And Smith plays 18 minutes and is nowhere near the value that you need him to have. Oh, well, hi, Mark. Started a little bit slowly to Mark Williams, but 12 and 10, four blocks. And could have been better. Shot only 46%. Absolutely a must-roster player. Well, Big Dick Nick had six and nine with five blocks. Nick Richards, nice 16-team league guy, maybe 14. PJ Washington had 22 and 10. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He had three blocks. It's a great game. And then he went two of six from the line to really kill you there. There's always something with this guy, but he is playing much, much better. While Gordon Haywood, speaking of sinking you from the line, five of, or four of seven from the line, 16, five and three, he is looking at the moment like a 12-team league guy. Watch Bryce McGowan's. I like what he did, like what he did but the, the problem of Ubre Martin Rogier all being out um, does impact McGowan's long-term value. 26 minutes, 11 points, three assists, two steals. He's just a name to consider. 
Um, Sfi Mihailuk had uh, 12 points in 25 minutes in his first action for Charlotte. So just good to see Sfi out there, but yeah, that's not really impacting um, too many fantasy leagues. I wouldn't have thought. The next game, the Cavs and the Sixers. The Sixers, I felt like were up 40 points in this game. Cleveland came back. The score is Philadelphia 118-112 to Cleveland. Don Mitchell ended with 33 points. He's done. He's good. Pretty strong game from him. 33-5-5, two steals and a block. While Garland was also good. 27-2-6 and six and three steals. Jared Allen, 12-7. and seven. But how about the big fella, Evan Mobley? 32 usage, 23-9. and nine. Now, if he had been a little bit better with his percentages, the line would have looked better. And he had no defensive stats. But he's really starting to show the glimpses of, of some offensive upside. Now, where that actually ends up fitting on this team, I don't know. But it is really starting to look good. Karis Levert ended up with 28 minutes. Dracaris. Had five points. At least he only took three shots and he had five assists with a triple one. So those peripherals are okay. Let's leave him on the wire. Well, the big fella, Danny Green, made his uh, re-debut with the Cavs. 12 minutes, three points. So where did the minutes come from? Well, they all came from Isaac Okoro, basically. Just 19 minutes for Okoro, just nine minutes for Dean Wade. Um, Rubio was out in this game as well. We're not relying upon Okoro or Green or, or Stevens or Wade or any of these blokes to have that value, but the we knew that Green would probably get a look somewhere, and we just needed to see where the minutes came from, and they came from Okoro. For the Sixers, all right, now what do we do? Well, honestly, like what do we do here? Because DeAnthony Melton played 34 minutes and had 17, 2, and 4. Like, what do you do? You say, all right, let's drop him. The minutes are down, and then he comes out and does this. I don't, I don't know how to view it. Every We'll talk about weird stuff later on with coaches and their talk discussions and decision-making all that. I, I don't know how you put any faith in what the doctor is doing with the rotations. They won, sure. That was great. But like, how do we trust Melton? If you want to have him, fine. If you're in a points league, I wouldn't worry about it. If you want to, if you want to have him in a category league, no problem. In a, in a, If you want to drop him, also no problem. It's very hard to, to judge. The Thick Hogsman. Tobias Harris. Um... I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. At least he was able to score efficiently. 63% shooting. He had 13 points with three threes and two steals. But again, just that's underwhelming, isn't it? He is trending towards a drop. He isn't a drop, but he is trending towards that. While Tangle Starius Maxi had 16, two and two. And what he is a pretty underwhelming line. Also, if you are rostering Jalen McDaniels, you don't need to do that. Get that garbage out! Four points in 13 minutes for him, while PJ Tucker had 10 in 21. The next game, the New York Knickerbockers smashed the Hawks 122-101. Jalen Brunson, 28-9-5. We said there'd be a regression in his three-point shooting. There was. He shot 17%, but he was still really, really strong overall. And Julius Randle had 25-11. and 11. Big games from those big players. And the rest was just a little bit muddled. It was, a, it was an RJ Barrett. It, I don't know how else to phrase it. 15-2-1, 38 from the field and 71 from the line. You love 17 points is good. What else is though? It's why he's probably not a hold in category leagues. Quentin Grimes, 24 minutes for Grimey. This briefcase and this haircut. Very clear 14 team league drop while Josh Hart only played 24 minutes. Now he was solid, 13 and 5 with three threes. But those minutes are a little bit of a worry. Same as the 24 for Quickly, who had 14, 4, and 2. Now 14, 4, and 2 for Quickly, 13, 5, and 2 for Hart are both solid enough to be 12 team league guys. But do you really feel good about locking them in as 12-team league players if they're going to play 24 a night? I, I don't. I don't. Um, Hartenstein played 26 minutes, 6-11 with three blocks. He is the choice over Sims, and I'd have him over Sims, but it's not 
not overwhelming us with brilliance or huge performances or must roster type stuff. You probably do want to roster him in a 12-teamer until Mitchie Robinson comes back. But we still don't have full clarity on the heart, quickly, Barrett, Grimes situation, apart from we know that Grimes has lost you know, tons, like 15, 16 minutes a night. He's out on. For the Hawks, John Collins returned and then he had to go to the locker room and it was eventually ruled out with head evaluation. I guess they ruled that they evaluated his head as a negative. So he was out. Eight points, 22 minutes, one block. Shit game. At least he's got the all-star break to recover. Speaking of shit games, DeJounte Murray, 6-5-3 and three with a triple zero and shot 25% from the field. That's just really bad. He's outside the top 100 now for the last week. He's fallen to 35th for the season, which remember when the initial rankings came out on sites and he was ranked 7th? I hope no one picked him there. Uh, and Yekara Kongwu. This is my worry with him. Remember we talked yesterday how he had a great line. And that's sometimes you're passing through what is a great line but versus what is real is really, it's interesting to do. And what I have consistently said with Okongwu, it's fine to hold him. But I don't feel really good about having a guy who's getting 19 minutes a night being a staple on my roster. He played 19 minutes and had seven and four. And that's not good enough. Now, there will be games that are better than that. Obviously, we saw it two games ago. But if his role is 19 minutes a night, I don't feel particularly confident in always having him on my roster. Bogdanovich just 24 minutes, 8-3-3 three, and three with a triple one. With Sadiq Bey there, we thought he would lose out. He did lose out. You can lose out from him. Get him off your team. Get that garbage out of here! And you can do the same with the depressed penis who had two points and five rebounds in 18 minutes, Sadiq Bey. The role just isn't there. And yes, Collins might have a concussion, but he should be fine when he gets back from the break. Trey Young had 19 and 11 with four steals. And uh, DeAndre Hunter, really good game. 20 points with two threes, two blocks, only four rebounds. He's never going to be good at that. But good to see some volume and some efficiency coming back to him a little bit after some some rough moments this season. He's still, look, fairly not out, not inside the top 150 for the year. But he's on a nice little streak at the moment of putting up some good games. But overall, a pretty disappointing performance from the Atlanta Hawks. The Brooklyn Nets get a good win, 116. Over the Heat, 105. Good victory for those guys. Um... On the Heat side of things, there was no Hero, there was no Lowry, there was no Oladipo. So they started Gabe Vincent again, 21-3-1 with three triples. I do believe he is a 12-team league player, Gabe Vincent. Well, Max Struess had 18-4-2 in 39. I am less interested in Max Struess long-term. I think that Oladipo and Hero returning will kill him, whereas I don't know when Lowry is going to return. So I think Vincent's still got a good run-up to minutes. Solid enough from Caleb Martin, 13-7 with a triple one. He's at least 12-team streamable but more of a 14-team league guy. But I'm a bit worried about Orlando Robinson's role. Only four minutes and no other backup center there. And this is with Yurtseven probably returning after the break. So Robinson in deep, deeper leagues are not sure he'll hold on. We can look at Yurtseven. But the other guy to look at is Haywood Highsmith, who had seven and three in 23 minutes. And this is only for deeper leagues, but he's getting 20 minutes a night every night at the moment. And that is important in those deeper formats. Jim was struggled. Jim struggled somewhat. Jim Butler, 13-3 and six. Not a good game, but Bam was great. 24-13 and six with two um, two blocks, really strong from Bam. For the Nets, Mikael Bridges was amazing. Now, last game, he sucked. He had nine points, 29 minutes, 20% shooting. This game, 45 points, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, four triples, and shot an amazing 71%. It's just a gigantic performance from a player who everyone loves. Like, we love that game. That's fantastic. It was also really strong from Cam Thomas. Now, what I said about Cam Thomas exactly came true, that I think that he's going to perform better but I'm not sure his role changes that much in terms of minutes. And that's exactly what happened. 19 points, 21 minutes. He shot well, 55%, 60% from three. The four assists are a nice little added touch. I don't feel particularly strongly about holding a guy who's a 20-minute-a-night reserve just to get some points into my team. This was a good game, but we saw the downside the last two. 
If you want to have him, there's nothing wrong with it. If you don't want to have him, there's also nothing wrong with it. He's sort of stuck in this role. Didn't really struggle with the usage, just nine points on four shots, but had five assists. While O'Neal played 25 minutes, and you can obviously get rid of him. Get that garbage out of here! I'll get to the big questions. I'll get to them. Cam Johnson had 18 in 34 minutes. That's really encouraging to get the 34 minutes. But let's talk about the big elephants in the room here. Benny Simmons, 2-4-4. Four, four. Now, if you didn't listen to the show a couple of days ago, I already jacked him. Get that garbage out of here! And I said, like, I'm just, I, I worry about where the guy is mentally. Like, it's not great. I don't know that it's coming back. And I'm not waiting around in fantasy to find out. He's a 12-team drop very clearly. Probably a 14-teamer. And the other curious thing is Nick Claxton. 4-9, two blocks, 25 minutes. There's a lot of theories going around about what it was. Is it his hamstring? Are they intentionally trying to tank? They don't have their own draft pick, so there's no point in that. That doesn't benefit them in the slightest, really. Although, yeah, no, it doesn't benefit them in the slightest. Um, what it is, and Jacques Vaughn said this, he said, it's well, part of what I thought about it is they want to try and do something for Ben Simmons. They want to try and get him going. Because, again, this is an All-NBA player. Not now, obviously, but he, three years ago, All-NBA player. They've got to try, they're trying to find ways to get him going, and it's not working. Claxton also, as Jacques Vaughan said, is extraordinarily fatigued. He said he's played more minutes this season than he had in, in all of his other seasons combined, and he'll, he's ramped him down here. He'll have the break over the All-Star break, and then he'll ramp back up straight after the break. So if you do have Nick Claxton, don't panic. If you do want to get Nick Claxton, now is the perfect time to do it. They're not going to go with a consistent 25 minutes a night with Claxton, is my understanding. He'll push back up and the production will come back up. Don't do anything foolish. Don't drop him. Go and buy low. Buy very low. And the reason I know you can buy low is the people that have him are like, oh, do I need to drop him? That's how you know you can buy low. Finney Smith played 20 minutes only. His stuff has dropped way off since he uh, arrived. Minutes have gone down each game and you can get rid of him. Get that garbage out! Only 10 minutes for Seth Curry and 13 minutes for Joe Harris. They're in the rotation, but that's where the minutes lie. Dayron Sharp didn't play. He was out of the rotation. Uta was out. Paddy Mills was out. And Sumner was out as well. Or not out of the game, but just they didn't get into the rotation. The next game, quite a bit to look at in this one as well, I think. It's the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics. On Detroit, no Marvin Bagley. Nerlens Noel still dealing with whatever personal personal issue that is, and the personal issues they're trying to negotiate a buyout. I'm pretty sure. Bogdanovich played 32, 33 minutes actually, twenty eight five and two with no defensive stats. He shot really well. While Isaiah Stewart twenty six minutes, fourteen and six with four threes. He actually played pretty well here, Stewart. But to me, he's just a streamer, not a must roster guy. Killian Hayes still dreadful, ten points, twenty seven percent, but ten points, two threes, nine assists, two steals. That's good enough to be a 12-team league player if you're punting field goals, obviously. Jaden Ivey only played 26 minutes. That's a bit disappointing. He had 17-5-4. and four. I don't know what Casey does half this time, as you're well aware. Well, um, Isaiah Livers played just 22 minutes and uh, went scoreless in that time. But the big question is, what is going to happen at center? And passport legend himself, Jalen Duran, played 25 minutes. He had 2-8. and eight. And I already got the questions. Do I drop him? No, you don't. He did tweak his ankle last game and then tweaked his ankle early in this game. And after the game, Casey said, yes, we he tweaked his ankle and we limited his minutes because of that. I don't know what the role is going to be for him and for Wiseman moving forward. They basically split the minutes here down the middle. I don't think that's going to be the every night situation. But as we said many times, the addition of Wiseman caps the upside of Duran. We saw it when they put Bay as the starter and moved Stewart to the bench. Instead of Duran playing 31 minutes, they play him 27 or 28. And I think that'll be a similar thing here. 
Wiseman played 24 minutes and had 11 and 5. Now, I know that it's a very easy joke to make that he's a left-handed number two overall bust who plays no defense and can't shoot. Therefore, he's Marvin Bagley. But when you go out there and have 11 and 5 with no assists, no steals, no blocks, and no threes and miss one of your two free throws, it's very hard for me to not make a Marvin Bagley joke. That is the most Marvin Bagley line I have ever seen in my life. And we know, what is Marvin Bagley in a 12-team league? Shit house. Like, he's not worth it. I added Wiseman in a 14-team league, as I've mentioned before. But I'm not looking at this and going, I need to add him in 12s. There might be a situation where he does... I think he, I think he's a better shot blocker than Bagley. I'll give him that. I think there'll be a situation where he will have a sniff, a skerrick, a morsel of 12-team value at points this season. But I don't think he's a guy that we have to grab on and squat onto or squat over to, to wait for that value to arrive. This was okay. wasn't mind-blowing. But I also don't think it's a 24-24 minute split every night between him and Duran. And then we do have to somehow, for some bloody reason, bring um, Marvin Bagley back into the mix. Are they oh, Seriously, are they going to give him minutes just to further complicate it? That would be annoying. But I guess it's Dwayne Casey, so anything's possible. For the Celtics, their nonsense continued. Rob Williams, who was, for some reason, benched yesterday. We thought, well, maybe, maybe they keep the minutes down because it's a back-to-back. Yeah, he didn't play. Jalen Brown didn't play. Muscala didn't play. At least I knew that one was going to happen. And then they brought Jason Tatum back after missing yesterday with an illness, saying already he was going to miss this game, didn't travel with the team, and then played him. I Derek White stayed in Milwaukee yesterday after perforating his eardrum, missed the team flight, flew home today, and played anyway. And Marcus Smart returned. What are you doing? Anyway, Jason Tatum, 38-9-7 with six threes. Brogdon, 25-3-6 with five threes. But I think they're going to be fully healthy after the break. So where does that leave Brogdon? But more importantly, where does it leave old um, eardrum legend Maximum Derek White? Maximum Derek. He shot poorly, 27%. 11-4-6, two steals and a block is a great line. But he played 27 minutes only. And the one time they've been fully healthy with their fully intact starting lineup, he played like 17 minutes. And I am very worried about where that goes. Hold him, but he could be a drop. Al Horford played 28 minutes, 11 and 7. You can drop Sam Hauser, who had five points in 22 minutes. And Grant Williams played 20. He's another one who's going to he's gonna cop it. He's going to have no value in 12s or 14-team leagues first game back. As for Marcus Smart, multiple people said to me, hey, Josh Smart was dropped. Like, should I add him? Like, yeah. Yeah, you should. And this is why. 9, 7, and 6 was 6 deals. The scoring's not going to blow you away, but bloody hell. 7 rebounds, 6 assists, and 6 deals. I look at that and go, that's really good. But I don't look at it and go, huh, Marcus Smart could never. Because I know that he can. And it's not an out. It's not ridiculous to see that from him. So yeah, if he was dropped, you go ahead and add him. And if, yeah, you should feel pretty comfortable about, uh, about that move if that is a move that you decide to make. Next up, we look at the next game. Well, that would be the way we would go, wouldn't it? It is an ass kicking again. The Oklahoma City Thunder smashed the Rockets. Um, 133-133. 96, the final score in this one. Hmm. Let's see. Jalen Green, the Filipino legend, strained his groin. At least we've got a week off here. I don't know what we do with it. He was actually starting to put together some big volume games. 14, 2, and 2 in 16 minutes. Now, they started with him out and Kevin Porter out. They started Ty Ty Washington in the second half. Washington, wouldn't say he was good, 8, 1, and 0. Josh Christopher's the name that I would watch. 10, 2, and 3 with a triple 1. He might be streamable if Jalen misses time. I wouldn't add Ty Ty. I definitely wouldn't add the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, who had his own locker room trip and had 11 points. 
Um, this team is just, they're so disgusting. Oh, God. But let's talk about something good, though. Jabari Smith Jr., who had 15 and 9, and a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Part of the appeal with with Smith in the drafts was fantasy drafts. I like take him in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. You get 32 minutes a night out of him. Big steals guy, big, big blocks guy, can hit threes, good rebounder. Basically everything that we saw here. The problem is, as old mate Steven Silas told us, Oh, Jabari, mate. What, what? I don't run plays for him. What are you talking about? He just got to go find what he needs to do. And of course, Smith's confidence is not particularly strong with that. And it's really hurt him. Is this enough to get him back on track? This is the potential. This is the flash from Jabari. This is why we're like, yeah, okay. I see the fantasy value in this guy. It hasn't been there all the time, but this game brings him actually into the top 100 over the last week. And I've been, like, he hasn't been good all season. But you know what? He's actually got a higher fantasy rank than Benedict Matherin. So, if you want to grab him, grab him. Shingun struggled. 22 minutes for the delicate dancer, foul trouble, and bad shooting. 8 and 10, no defensive stats, only two assists. He has dropped off a little bit. He's outside the top 50 over the last week. We knew what he was doing. That's why we featured him on the on the sell high part of the show a couple of weeks ago. So he's not going to continue this, this level. But this is on the downside of what he can do. He, he's better than this. KJ Martin also stunk four points on 11%. He had six rebounds. He had a block. Still remains a 12-team league guy, but that line stinks. But what about Tari Regulusin? How about... No, 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 no. Let's try it again. How about Tari next season? 19 minutes, 10-3-2 with a steal for Tari. Six of 10 from the line. Getting to the line 10 times is impressive. But do you want to say it with me? He doesn't get minutes. He's not getting minutes. He plays power forward exclusively. It's not going to happen. People are still holding him. It's done. It's over. It's finished. Bye-bye. Tari next season. For the Thunder, well, they didn't have to try really hard, did they? Shea had 29-2-6. Lou Dort had 15-3-4. Good game from Dort, who's not usually that sort of guy. But I do want to talk... Uh, actually, let's talk about the Bronco, uh, Jalen Williams, first. Broncos country, let's ride. 13 points in 22 minutes with four rebounds and a steal. Low minutes, but still strong. But what about Pig Williams? Jalen Williams, the center Williams. He started again. That's three consecutive starts for Pig Williams. 26 minutes, 8 and 16. I don't really have faith in those minutes sticking, but I'm getting more interested, at least in 16 league team leagues and maybe 14. But the thing that would probably caution me against that is that Dario Saric arrived and played well. He can easily be... I was going to say he can be the Thunder's Kenrich Williams, but the Thunder already have a Kenrich Williams and that player's name is Kenrich Williams. So he can be exactly the same as Kenrich Williams. 12 and 5, but just another name to throw into that mix along with Pig Williams, Kenrich Williams, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Poku whenever he comes back. There's just too many guys there for me to go, yeah, Sharich is going to be an ad. Or for me, even think Pig Williams is going to be an ad. Giddy only played 25 minutes, 13, 3 and 6, but this is just all blowout related. It was such an easy victory for the Thunder against a team that they were so often compared to, yet are so far ahead of. The next game was pretty exciting, actually. The Grizzlies over the Jazz, 117-111, especially considering that Larry Markinen was out, and then Colin Sexton left the game after four minutes after pinging his other hamstring. I think he pinged his left hamstring twice already, and this is his right hamstring, or maybe it's the other way around. Anyway, a hamstring for him, you've got to think two to three weeks at least. So that is going to last after the All-Star break. So go and add Taylor Horton Tucker. 32 minutes, 15-7 and 7-2 blocks. You're going to have bad percentages. Shout out Russell Westbrook. It's going to happen. But his counting stats are going to be strong. With Markin and out, they started Oshayag Baji. 39 minutes is a lot of minutes. 17 points is a lot of points. He only had 13 usage. He had 58% shooting, but one rebound, one assist. This is why we don't want to add him. 
He just so struggles to contribute in anything outside of points and threes. And even then, it needs volume and extraordinary efficiency to bring it in. Jordan Clarkson, the man on the street, had 20 and 9 with 6 assists. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. And how about the big guy in the middle, Kali Olenek? 28, 14, and 6. Now, I've been banging on and banging on about adding Kali Olenek. Not because I thought this would happen, but just because he's been good. He's the 81st ranked player this season, and he's 37th over the last week. I hope this convinces you. Walker Kessler had 10 and 14 with three blocks, but an interesting change for those of you in deep leagues. I've also talked about this a lot. Damian Jones is now the backup center because Yudoka Azebuke, one of the worst first-round picks in recent memory, and I know he's only the 28th. It was a ludicrous pick. He's dreadful. And Jones came in, played seven minutes, and already took... He's taken the job. It's done. Seven and two for two blocks for Jonesy. This is a 20-team ad. It's definitely a 30-team ad. If you're in 30 deep with me, Damian Jones is still available. I don't think I'm going to add him because I'm not sure I've got room. But he's, uh, he's an ad in those deep formats for sure. For the Grizzlies... They made a change and started Brandon Clark. And I'll tell you what, I've got you can't figure it out. How can you go in here and go, well, you know, they'll start Tillman against bigger centers or Clark against smaller ones, because then they start Tillman against the small ones and Tillman starts every game in a row. Then they go up against an absolute block in Walker Kessler and Clark starts and plays 31 minutes. I don't know what the reason is. Anyway, it was a good game. Eight and ten for Brando with four steals and three blocks. We love that defensive ability. I don't do I feel good about what his minutes are going to be every night? No. I know he's a clearly better per minute player versus Tillman. So try it. I don't feel confident with it though. What about Jaron Jackson though? 26 and 9, 4 threes, 5 steals and 4 blocks. Just an unbelievable game. I can't believe that the home scorers gave him 4 triples and 26 points. Just clearly in the tank for Jackson. Big numbers. He's been amazing. He is one of the rare situations of a lower body injury with no set timetable coming into the season. Turns out really well for you. The other side of that is maybe the Rob Williams one. Um, Desmond Bain, 24. Oh, Josh, you said Desmond Bain's been fine. Yeah, he's been okay. I would never would have drafted him because of the missed games and that, but his production per game has actually been all right. Desmond Bain, 24, 6, and 4. Jar, hmm, hurt you a lot. Like 20 and 8 is good. 9 assists is good. 2 steals is good. 31% on 26 attempts is dreadful. And 3 of 8 from the line hurts a ton. It kills you, actually. There's some really, really bad numbers there. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks... 11 points in 42 on 42% shooting. The Please rid yourself of Dylan Brooks. You don't you don't need to hold him in 12 team leagues, probably not even 14. Well, the Duck Luke Canard hit two threes and nine points, and Aldama also had a couple of threes in his 21 minutes. Let's do the next game, the Mavericks and the Nuggets. I should have mentioned this with the Sixers, but Embiid is clearly hurting, and I don't think he's going to play in the All-Star game. From what he was saying, it didn't sound like he was going to play. And I wouldn't be shocked if Luca doesn't. He got injured again in this game with his ankle. 35 minutes for him, 35, 4, 9, 4 steals. They didn't get the victory, but he's clearly not right. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's an absence there as well. While the crucifix, Christian Wood played 22 minutes in a game without Kyrie. 17 points. We know he's going to score. It is going to happen whenever he's out there. That's what he does. He was actually a plus one in this game, so that's strong. But 17, 4, and 2. We're holding him, but my hopes for him are pretty low. With Kyrie out, they started Frank Nilakina. He had four points. And you know my fears on Josh Green? Six points, 29 minutes, two threes, no counting stats. I do. Th I did think he was a 12-team league guy. Well, actually, my initial reaction to the trade was 14-team league player. They started to play well, and I had skepticism about the shooting and usage. Um, rightfully so. This is like he's like a Reggie Bullock type. You want to roster him? 
by, by all means, do it. But there is under in no circumstances he like a league winner, absolute dominating player after the deadline. That's just not really real at all. Dwight Powell had eight and ten in twenty-one minutes, while the rest of the Mavs is just like, what the hell do I make of it? Eleven points for McKinley Wright. This wasn't as close as it seemed, by the way. 11 points for McKinley Wright with four assists. 10 points for AJ Lawson. He went to the locker room. Jaden Hardy played 24 minutes. Reggie Bullock had three. Just a disgusting-looking box score. For the Nuggets, there was no um, Murray, no Gordon. And then KCP didn't start the second half. He looked to have a bit of a knee problem, but still played 32 minutes. 14, 5, and 5. Three steals and a block for Caldwell Pope. Jokic double-doubled with 14, 13, and 10. And Maga Porter had 22 and 5 threes. But what about the big fella, Jeff Green? 24 points with two threes. Now, don't do any of this. I don't care at all, but it was just good to see him score. Giggity. I meant that giggity for when I was going to say he shot 69%, but seeing him score works as well. Bruce Brown, 29 minutes with Murray out, 10-3 and 6 with two steals. We've still got Reggie Jackson to fix back into this rotation while Vlaco Chanchar had 12 and 3. I don't really know that we can take a huge amount out of this because again, no Murray, no um, Najee, no Reggie Jackson, no Aaron Gordon. They're all going to play big parts in things and that's going to have an impact on Bruce Brown for sure and, and Chanchar and even Christian Brown who played 27 minutes. And he's a really st- strong player, Christian Brown, but he's not much of a fantasy option. Then the last game, pretty big blowout here for the Lakers. 120-102, the final score. The Lakers beat the New Orleans Pelicans. The um, On the Pelicans side of things, there was no Larry Nance. He was ruled out uh, before the game, but... Uh, well, obviously, Zion's out, Dyson Daniels is out, but CJ McCullum returned. He had 22, 6, and 9 with two blocks. And we wanted to see what the impact of McCullum would be on Josh Richardson. And we sort of got to see, but not really. Richardson played 19 minutes, but with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, he was ejected. Now, he wouldn't have gotten the minutes that he got last game. He still had two steals and a block, but 8, 3, and 2, two steals and a block, 29%. He's probably going to play mid 20s in minutes. I'm not sure that's enough to be a hold. I don't mind holding him. He's not an absolute must drop because the ejection sort of limited what he was going to do, but it didn't appear or it doesn't appear like he is going to be a 30-minute-a-night player. Trey Murphy wasn't a 30-minute-a-night player either. Two points on 0 of 6 shooting. That's just that's just a stinker. Like That's all that is. Just a really poor game from Murphy. Provided nothing, and I think I still would hold. Just. Herb Jones had 30 minutes, 11 points, 5 assists. Solid game from him. He's still on the fringes to me, while Valanciunas without Nance played 31 minutes, 12 and 11. Nothing spectacular there. And Bill Hernan Gomez also double-double. We know he's a double-double monster, Billy, once he gets that opportunity, but he's just not going to play majority of the nights. Ingram had 25 points, but a little bit empty on the line overall. And we had Alvarado play 24. For the Lakers, well, after Darvin Ham lied to us and said, as Obi is leaving said, we're, no, we're going to start D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder for the foreseeable future. Well, I guess the foreseeable future is one day. He's got no foresight whatsoever because Schroeder was benched. Now, when Ham said we're going to start Russell and Schroeder together, that was pretty critical. Of it. This makes no sense. This is a stupid lineup. What are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? So I guess I can criticize him for saying that, but also applaud him for making the right call in terms of the lineups. My thing with this is it makes it hard for me. Well, boo-hoo, poor Josh. No one cares. NBA coaches don't care. None of that cares. But in terms of my my explanation of how it impacts me and how it impacts all of us, is that there's two ways to go about this. Darvin Ham can say something, and he is categorical in saying this. We will start Russell and Schroeder for the foreseeable future. So I've got two ways of approaching that. I can either say, you're lying, and completely ignore that and say, he's going to bench Schroeder and do something different. Or I can believe him, even though I understand that it's, from a basketball perspective, it's a disgustingly bad decision. So which one do I do? I'd rather he just say nothing at all and I try and guess at it. 
versus tell me one thing and then blatantly do the opposite. But I'm putting it into position, if a coach says something, you have to believe them. Look, there's, there's no... Because then, then if I did that right and said, well, no, guys, everyone drop Schroeder. He's only going to play 15 minutes a night. Um, don't worry about what Darvin Ham said. They're not going to start. Schroeder is getting benched. Don't worry about that. And then you dropped him and then he played 33 minutes and was still really good. Well, then I'm an idiot because I ignored something that was clearly there. He was clearly told to me and I didn't believe it. But now we, we have to treat everything with skepticism but still have to believe it. It puts everyone in the fantasy community. And again, don't cry. Like We can't do anything about it. They're just the realities of the situation. This stuff is going to bite us on the ass a lot of times. Anyway, now that that's done, Dennis Schroeder. Get that garbage out of here! 10 points, 20 minutes. Not good enough. Rui Hachimura also benched because, you know what? Also, not good. Get that garbage out! Four points in 16 minutes. Mo Bamba ended with 16 minutes. He closed the game in garbage time, though, so an extra three or four minutes there. Four and six. He had three blocks. That's really good. I don't think you need to have him in 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! And that brings us to the guys that added into the starting line. Malik Beasley started. Jared Vanderbilt Bar started. They benched Brown. They benched Schroeder and Hachimura because LeBron was back. So Vanderbilt played 28 minutes. He had six and four with a steal and a block. 6% usage. Is that enough to be a 12-team league guy? And the answer is sort of. Sort of. You're never going to get scoring out of him. Good steals guy. Can usually get some rebounds. Can be a field goal percentage player. I don't look at him as an absolute must-roster ad, though. The minutes are nice. He might play more. But he's probably going to put up more of these lines versus more 12-team league lines as a general rule. As for Malik Beasley, 23 minutes, 8 points, 2 threes. I don't think he's an ad. Even if he plays 30 minutes, I don't think he's a 12-team ad because he doesn't do anything apart from score. And they still are going to give minutes to Austin Reeves, as they should. They gave minutes to Troy Brown as well. So 30 minutes for Beasley doesn't seem like it's a likely scenario. And Schroeder's going to play as well. So I don't think you need to add Beasley. You can consider Vanderbilt on the right team. And you can jack off Schroeder and Hachimura um, pretty comfortably. D'Angelo Russell, 21-2-7 in 28 minutes. Davis had 28-10 and 10 with two blocks strong from him. And LeBron had 21-6-6 six six in 29 minutes. They didn't need to go full pace here. They all were uh, just trudging along at a medium pace with some very nice, very nice performances. While Troy Brown had six points with two threes in 18 minutes and Austin Reeves got 22. So overall, we got a, a lineup that makes sense. They smashed the Pelicans using it. But I still only think it's Davis, Russell, and James as the must-roster guys with Vanderbilt. Just sort of on the back end there, dropping Schroeder, dropping Rui, dropping Bamba, and not having Malik Beasley on a 12-team roster. That's how I see it. Now, the lines of the night. Monstrous goes to the big guy in Brooklyn, Mikhail Bridges. Your waiver wire is Kobe White. The young gun is Malachi Branham. And the dud of the night is Kenyon Martin Jr. Your top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Bridges, followed by Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Callie Olenek, Jaron Jackson, Zach Levine, LaMelo Ball, Joel Embiid, Jim Harden, and Donovan Mitchell. The top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Kobe White, watch for him tomorrow. Could be a good streamer with a lot of players out. Aaron Neesmith, I don't care. I'm just not buying it. Malachi Branham, yes, but better points league guy than category guy, and I'm a little bit worried about how things go after the break. Dennis Smith, eh. I love it, but I don't think it's real moving forward. Jeff Green, absolutely ignore. Nick Richards, good block numbers. That's a deeper league one. Pig Williams in OKC. Eh, nah, probably not in 12s. We're watching it though. Doug McDermott, no way. Dwight Powell, like 14-teamers. And Hartenstein is a solid enough 12-team league guy. Points league performers of the day. 
Number one was Bridges, followed by Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Joel Embiid, Zach Levine, Anthony Davis, LaMelo Ball, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Bam Adebayo. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Hey, and subscribe. We are like 150 people away from hitting 60K. That's my all-star break goal. We're almost there. Please, let's hit it. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.